0: We talking rom-com, we talking action, we talking drama and movie classics, whatever you want, yo we have it, cause we talking movies on a podcast,
1: so I married a film critic,
0: so I married a film critic. So I Married a Film Critic Hey honey, I just want to talk so about the movie Like film casually, critic. you don't have to so bring up I'm very mar- Cinematography, honestly Let's just talk about like how the characters were fun Married a Film Critic So I Married a Film Critic So I Married a Film
1: Critic Welcome to So I Married a Film Critic I'm your co-host Julia
0: And I'm Barry the Film Critic, hello everyone
1: And tonight, Barry surprised me with a wonderful just meaningful film experience <laughs> just kidding
0: <laughs> i'm like oh wow you really like the temp this is tom holland's the temp may i help you i work here this is my office
1: <laughs> oh mr durns i am I- chris boland
0: oh yeah <laughs> the temp hello Hey, didn't you tell me you once fooled around with your secretary? I have a temp. Who the hell's that? Quite a temp. You want to call your husband and tell him you're working late? Yeah.
1: Chris, I don't get involved with my assistants.
0: Maybe someday I won't be your assistant. Someone is leaking marketing strategy to our competitors. Chris, you can get off now. Ron, how are you? She's got a hidden agenda, Raj. Don't we all? Do you think Roger was murdered? In case you haven't noticed, we're running out of executives around here. What are you doing? Come on, you have doubts about her, too. So it's still me tell me it isn't
1: is there a problem with your temporary
0: no just want to know a little bit about her man tries to get ahead in business and he's ambitious a woman tries to and she's a slut she wants to be my boss are you sure no i'm not sure about anything (laughs) can you believe it they made me a marketing manager
1: i got a temp telling me what to do don't you find that you respond to someone who cares desperately about something
0: anything i'm not selling secrets Well,
1: what are you doing Peter? what's going on
0: Trying to destroy me. For Peter Derns.
1: Morning. It's time to wake up. Stop
0: doing this to me!
1: And smell the coffee.
0: The temp. You have a very active imagination, Peter. I see where it gets you in a lot of trouble. This is a director who... I'm such a genre fan because I think... He was probably most famous for it. He wrote Psycho 2, which is a very big deal. That's a great screenplay. And from there, he went on to direct movies like Child's Play and uh, the original Child's Play and also Fright Night. That's probably his most famous. And around the time that he did The Temp, his career kind of took a downward slope. He did two films, two horror films for Paramount Pictures. One was The Temp and the other one was Stephen King's Thinner. I like both of these movies, especially The Temp, but these movies were famous for having – they were meddled with after test screenings demanded reshoots. Both of these movies, both of those films, his latter two films, suffered from that. And as we discussed, uh, we were noticing things while we were watching this movie. There's the film that they made. There's the stuff that they added. And man, some of this stuff really stands out. This is a very uneven film.
1: Okay, so wait. You
0: like like this movie? Oh, I've always liked The Temp. Um, I remember vividly when I was in college, Sunday afternoons, you know, I'd go down to the laundromat and I'd, you know, get a big batch of laundry and in the living room, I'd turn on the TV and, you know, my, my dorm room had basic cable. So, you know, I'm like, oh man, TNT, TBS, USA, the temp was on a lot. So I remember watching this movie a lot when I was in college, but I liked it the first time I saw it. I saw it on video cassette. I'm a fan of this movie. I am. I, I dig it so much. I'm not saying it's a good film. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's not
1: a good film, but it was entertaining.
0: Yeah, it's very entertaining. I'll, and I'll talk about the last time I watched it, which is, which is a pretty significant part of the story too. But but yeah, let's get into the temp. So this is Timothy Hutton,
1: who I love.
0: Yeah, yeah. So thankfully, it was an easy sell for you because you. I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've shown you this movie before. Oddly enough. No, yeah.
1: but you didn't even tell me Timothy Hutton was
0: in it. Yeah, the title comes up and you're like, ooh, Timothy Hutton. I'm like, oh, okay, I got her. She's in. <laughs>
1: Hi, easy. Okay. So he plays the main character. Mm-hmm.
0: Peter Derns.
1: Peter Derns. And he's an executive or kind of a lower level executive? Lower level
0: executive at uh, Mrs. Applebee's Cookie Factory.
1: Yes. So it's a cookie company in New York City. Yeah. And okay, his personal life is a shambles. I would like to say
0: he's seeing a psychiatrist who is always we never see the psychiatrist we hear the shrink and the shrink is telling him how you need to get control we see see him do we actually see the shrink yeah in the opening scene I thought we just I thought it was always the camera was always on him. Oh, man. I don't think we ever see the shrink. I'm, I'm seriously. Hmm. I think we always hear the shrink. They're probably just like, we, we don't need to cast this. We'll just have somebody do this yeah. voiceover later on. But yeah, um, the shrink is telling him you need to get in control of this Mr. Hyde side of you that is yeah. ruining your marriage, your career.
1: And what we find out is that he has a problem with paranoia, paranoid thoughts. Yep. And that's what broke up his marriage. And that's why he's living in a rental and his wife is at their house. And so he's estranged from his wife and son, and he has (laughs) has a problem with, like, wild thoughts ruining his life. Yes. Because then he just makes irrational decisions.
0: This is an interesting time for Timothy Hutton because, as most know, I mean, Hutton kind of came out of nowhere, and then he does Ordinary People, wins the Academy Award, and suddenly he is one of our most in-demand just an actor on the rise who, even though he was in a lot of films that weren't successful, I mean, he was an acclaimed actor working constantly. He was one of those, I mean, it really is comparable to Jeff Bridges or Denzel Washington. When they started off, they were not box office draws, but people, you know, it's like, I got to see the new Tim Hutton movie. I got to see the new Denzel Washington movie. So, I mean, he was steady for a while. And then this weird period happens where I think maybe he was like you know I should be in some hollywood like mainstream type movies he does this film and he also does the stephen king film the dark half i love this period of hutton's career because it's like on the one hand what is he doing in these movies but i love him in these movies i love that hutton made these crazy horror films and then went right back to like doing character work and yeah
1: well it's funny that you call the temp a horror film because i would no i don't think i would call it that i I think I said, is this more of a thriller? And you're like, good question. <laughs> like, oh, I, I don't know. What what not even
0: be ominous like good question. I, I don't really know. Yeah, like
1: yeah. It's <laughs> such a weird <laughs> well, the tone is all over the place. Yes. So
0: but we'll get into that. So yeah, so so it's the day to day of this this cookie company and it's a lot of high powered, high stakes. I mean, this is I mean you'd think that Patrick Bateman works here. I mean think the stakes are so high at this company.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, because he you know, he gets to work on the first day that we see him and he has to make a marketing presentation and then you know, it's just kind of you know, well we need to talk to these guys about that and and who are these guys and why didn't you tell me and you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So everybody's trying to climb the corporate ladder, and they don't care who they step
0: on. Even before the film becomes, whatever you want to call it, a thriller, a horror film, whatever this movie is, th- this is a world that I-, I want to spend a season of a, of, a, of episodic television in, this world where it's a cookie company, they've got giant framed pictures of cookies everywhere, they have to go to, to- cookie testing sessions, this is insane, It's but the movie is, I mean, they're playing it so straight, it's like, inside the keebler factory like i i love this stuff <laughs> so much it's so absurd uh, but at the same time i was like well of course i'm sure like i'm sure there was like some shakedown in nabisco i'm sure like things got rough at famous amos you know like uh, you know
1: now yeah, what's we, mrs fields really like
0: yeah there's some darkness going on in there like i didn't have the chips okay <laughs> we undersold the chips you can't fire me for this! Like, to, to think like what a cookie thriller could be. I've been calling, and I'll, I'll jump to the chase. I've been calling this movie a cookie noir for a long time. It started, um, I'll say quickly. The last time I taught, he's so
1: proud of this, you guys. Oh, I'm
0: so proud of this because this came from a class I was teaching. I taught this is like ten years ago at UCCS at University of Colorado Springs. I was teaching a class called Modern Film Noir, and it was every film noir from Chinatown on. By the way, Chinatown also with Faye Dunaway who's in this, and. I included the temp on the syllabus because I thought it'd be fun to include something so ridiculous after weeks and weeks of, at this point, it was like Body Heat and Fatal Attraction and, you know, like, and not, not only like modern film noirs, but also like some erotic thrillers. So, you know, after weeks and weeks of, you know, I, I mean, at this point we were talking about like Jade and LA Confidential and here's this film. And I told my class, you know, we've dealt with, you know, modern noir and neo noir here's cookie noir. This is a film noir set in a cookie factory. And it was great because.
1: They're like, oh, break finally. A
0: a break from like some really erotic and disturbing and Freudian, you know, thrillers. And here's this thing where, you know, people are yelling about, you know, stolen cookie recipes. I mean, it's completely (laughs) bonkers.
1: Okay. So Peter goes to work and after this meeting, he finds out, I need a report on my desk by noon tomorrow. And he goes to his office and his assistant
0: played by peter Coffey, really nice character actor he was also in mahal drive
1: he's like uh my wife's in labor and i gotta go right now and he's like what what about my report
0: <laughs> it's great because i don't know like i i like the reality of this scene because i mean what else i mean what are you gonna do you can't like i mean because peter is as as it's been said over in the movie uh later on i mean he's a nice guy so he's not gonna like, you're gonna stay with me, your wife can wait. No, it's like, you know, you yeah, go. But also, don't watch it, but you gotta go.
1: But also, you know, he doesn't know how to write a report.
0: Yeah, which it's like, what are you doing? Are you just testing cookies all day? And by the way, again, like, I want his job, I want to work at this yeah, company. Yeah,
1: I mean, he probably worked his way up to to this position. There's no way he hasn't been writing reports this I mean, whole time.
0: reports Maybe double stuff instead of... No, you know, maybe triple stuff for the next marketing test. Yeah, that's it. That's the ticket.
1: So he um, he goes home and he basically falls asleep to Arsenio Hall...
0: So in case you didn't know this movie took place in nineteen ninety three, yeah. <laughs> He's watching Arsenio Hall. And it's a gra- I love this transition. He wakes up, it's it's watching some crappy AM mm-hmm. morning talk show and he realizes, Oh man, I'm so late.
1: Yeah. And I gotta get to work. And by the way, my report still not done. Yeah. So he gets to his office, and who's there?
0: And we get this great Sharon Stone-worthy intro of uh, Laura Flynn Boyle's character, Chris Bolin, who is his temp with his uh, since his current office assistant is gone.
1: Right. Yeah. So he's completely surprised that he even has a temp, which is, well, kudos to the HR department for just being right on top of that. This
0: cookie company is on it.
1: Oh, yeah. HR was like, oh, your wife's going to labor? Oh, maybe I should get Peter a temp. Like, what? Great. Uh, That's very efficient of them. So he's freaking out and also checking her out. And then he says something like, well, I'm just going to, I don't know, tell the boss I have a doctor's appointment to get out of this report. And she's like, don't do that. Like, we can do this. And she just like goes to town on a report that she knows nothing about.
0: It's a fun montage, because it's it's the equivalent of an action movie, the way this movie suddenly perks to life. Suddenly, Laura Flynn Boyle's Chris Bolin is typing a mile a minute, seemingly, I mean...
1: About what?
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> did he fill her in? I mean, does she just know a lot about cookies? Like, what is she writing? And he's standing over, and I gotta say, this is a touch that does not hold up. Um, I mean, it's not just because the movie is, is dated in, in sort, of, sort of ways, but there's a moment where he looks down her skirt. And her she shirt. Kind of, her shirt, excuse me. And she's just kind of, oh, it just kind of smiles like, no, no movie. No, that, no, that, no. That, no. I think
1: she was like, ooh. I got him where I want him. That's what she's thinking. She's not happy about it. She's, this is right. She's calculating uh, the entire even, even time. Then, even yes. then, she's, okay.
0: Cause, it, cause, yeah, because this, of course, is a thriller. And, yeah. Yeah. So. so even then. Okay, she, so she, we get some foreshadowing. Yes. The arr, way that arr. she's
1: dressing is obviously, she's got a, a plan. She's not like, oh, he, 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 my cute boss likes me. No. I think this whole time, she's been planning this plan that we see unfold.
0: Okay, so I stand corrected. The scene works. Go, Timothy Hutton. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, (laughs) this whole report scene is crazy it's, like
0: it's so yeah because there's a as another bit of business i love i mean not only do we have a scene with a water cooler which is something you never see in an office anymore but the line to get to the fact to the oh the printer machine, yeah the yeah. copy machine yeah. oh
1: there's a line like tw- 10 people deep yeah. and she's like out of my way this is an emergency and then she's like what's your copy code and he's like and then she like gets it out of the guy standing behind her he's like i'm not supposed to tell my copier code she's like what is it I mean, it's great. Yeah, this is like, yeah, hardcore office stuff.
0: Tearing into this cookie company. Yeah.
1: Yep. So thanks to her, he gets his report in on time.
0: It's. We should mention this moment because it's pretty. It's pretty bananas. (laughs) Because it's great because Oliver Platt, who's perfect in this, he's perfect in everything. He's playing the slimy colleague slash enemy of uh, timothy hutton's character he's kind of like so you're gonna make that report kind of mocking him the elevator de- elevator door opens and laura flynn boyle already has this like great femme fatale look on her face she hands him i mean it's like bound you know oh, it's magnificent it looks... i mean i worked at office max i've never made anything look this good yeah <laughs> not to mention within minutes so she hands it to timothy hutton he takes the report slides it across the floor like it's i don't know like what a revolver i mean the thing just like it's like a frisbee it well it
1: like yeah it goes along this floor and into the boss's office under this her secretary's desk the secretary picks it up hands it to the boss like oh here's the other report that you wanted
0: it's so i mean it's such a choreographed scene yeah this is you know i don't know i it's it's ridiculous, but I'm like I'm digging this because look what this movie is doing for our entertainment value. <laughs> this is a nothing moment, a, a file being handed to somebody, but no, it becomes like a Spielbergian slapstick action sequence. Mm-hmm. Love it, yeah. So, so Chris saves the day. Chris
1: saves the day, and Chris keeps saving the day for a little while. She's getting him organized. She's redoing his expense reports. I mean.
0: Yeah, and it's established really quickly that she's wicked smart and intelligent. That's probably, I really like, I mean, I like all the performances in this movie I do, but I really like Laura Flynn Boyle's character because she's intelligent. Um, there's, a, there's a great moment watching it too, I'm thinking, where she, she tells her boss, she tells well, rather Peter that she thinks it would be really smart to have a heart be put on uh, the cookie jar because it establishes how healthy the cookies are. Thinking, man, are you ahead of your time. I mean, now, like, I mean, I won't even buy a cookie that doesn't have like the G gluten free on it. I mean, like, like, man, she's like decades ahead of her time with this. It's like put her, put a heart and let them know that it's healthy. Like, yes, there's like a whole line of quote unquote healthy cookies that I see all the time. Yeah, that
1: was <laughs> that I mean, was a great yeah
0: yeah. I mean, this get this movie is brilliant. But anyway, so it yeah.
1: is. It, oh yes, it is okay. But she's also. It's also she's trying to get into Peter's pants now.
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Does she really want him to do that? Is she because she's she's telling him, you know, oh, you're the first nice boss I've had. Everybody just tries to, you know, have sex with me, basically. And he never does. Throughout the course yeah, he's of this, a good guy. But, yeah. yeah, he's you know trying to work things out with his wife. One more
0: attorney and mm-hmm. a child who is spoken about a lot only has one scene, but yeah,
1: oh yeah, he's trying. Yeah, he's trying to get his family back. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but they have all these like late night work sessions, yeah, and nothing ever
0: happens.
1: But she's working it.
0: She's constantly coming on to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so nothing ever comes to that. It's yeah, it's interesting because. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of moments where I think like this movie, I think wants to have like a, like a basic instinct sort of feel to it. And I mean, it's, it's not just these moments, like th- this movie, just to be critical of it for a second, the movie isn't sexy or scary enough. And it's weird that this is an R because other, this than, a, movie is rated R? Yeah, other than a few moments that we'll talk about, I mean, this is a really soft R really soft. I mean, I almost think, like, because because the moments in question are sexual in nature, and there's a bit of gore, I, I you know, I guess today... Like barely. Barely. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I look at this, like, this might be PG-13 today, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so I think it's the next day, and she goes... It's like Secretary's Day or something. Sec- Secretary Appreciation Day, and so there's a lunch for all the assistants. And, all right, a little bit about me. I have been an assistant... A lot in my career. I am currently not one. So I've been a
0: temp many times in my career, but never like Laura <laughs> for the record.
1: And Faye Dunaway has this speech where she's talking about how she, I think, was an assistant before, like a long time ago. And she's like, and I asked my boss, you know, what do you want from me? And he says, read my mind and that's what you all do for us. Without you, this place could not even run. And I'm thinking, lady, then that means all these people deserve raises and not this crappy lunch that you're giving them. This is ridiculous. This is the thing that I hate about these like secretary jobs is you get all the grunt work, you're supposed to read your boss's mind, figure out all of his stuff and you get I mean, what do you get in return?
0: So this, this scene really struck a nerve for you.
1: It did. The whole reading your mind thing, I, th- I think it triggered me.
0: Mm. Yeah. Wow. It really did. That's interesting. Faye Dunaway, um, her performance in this film is cited as one of her worst. And, you know, obviously it's not a. It, people have said that it's, it, it might be like a parody of her performance and network. Others have said that she's clearly doing a parody of Sherry Lansing, who at the time was running uh, Paramount Pictures.
1: Either way, oh, I thought you were going to say Mrs. Fields. No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 think she's delicious in this movie. I love her line reading. She's, I mean, she gives everything such a such a panache that it doesn't even deserve. Yeah, yeah I love what she does. In this. There's
1: really not enough of her in this film Agreed. because she's kind of in. I mean, a little bit ways through, I was like, wait, is she the president? Because she's really not around very much. Yeah. She just kind of comes in and is like, I'm not going to take the fall for this. You fix it. I need more reports.
0: Yeah. Whenever the movie needs a lightening up, you just add a little done away. And man, the movie. Just yeah, and then, to life.
1: and then everyone like little roaches like scurries away and does exactly. their work, you yeah. know? So yes, yes.
0: So yeah. So oh, but
1: that scene, okay, at the lunch.
0: Yeah, a bit of lazy foreshadowing.
1: Yeah, at the lunch, um, Oliver Platt. I don't know what a wasp you could tell it
0: was a wasp or a hornet. I just I don't know my insects as well as yeah. I used to. But okay. yeah, it's, it's a it's a sinister looking insect, and and of course Oliver Platt is terrified of it. The music lifts us. Well, he's allergic. Threat. Yeah, because he's allergic. Yeah, and the, I, I mean it's just it's such an overplayed moment. It's like it, okay, we get it. It you know, really we, is. We get it.
1: Because Chris, like, just slaps that thing with her bare hand.
0: Bare hand.
1: And then picks up some ice because apparently she got stung doing that. And Faye Dunaway just looks at her like, well
0: done. You clearly listened to my speech.
1: Yeah, like, you're willing to do anything. And I mean anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a weird bit of business, too, because it's also established that Timothy Hutton's best friend, uh, played by Stephen Webber... Uh, and this was an interesting part of Weber's career, too, because, you know, best known for being on Wings. Did you ever watch Wings? Yeah, yeah. I liked Wings. Yeah, and he was very good in that. He very charming in that. But Weber, at this point, was trying to break out as a dramatic actor. He has a big role in Single White Female, a very scandalous scene in that movie, in fact, the year before this. And not long after this, he played Jack Torrance in the remake of The Shining, the one that was shot at Estes Park, Colorado. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to see him in this because, obviously, you know, he's known primarily for comedy because of TV and in this he's quite sinister. I like his I like his performance in this as, as Hutton's best friend. And he's it, constantly telling Hutton, Oh best friend, but also
1: Is he the president of a rival cookie company?
0: Yes. Okay. I don't know if president is the word, but I mean he's he's basically calling the shots over there.
1: Right. Yeah. So there's two cookie companies. Two
0: rival cookie companies <laughs> and these two friends And are
1: they're best friends. Best
0: friends. <laughs> but he's like, Hey man, if it comes between you and me, like you're going down, man.
1: Yeah, he's like I don't take prisoners or something. He's, he's like, real, he's like, but let's not, you know, ruin our friendship. But just so you know, I'm going to be ruthless.
0: It's really cool to know that the future of these two rival cookie companies is between a really nice soft executive and this, this uber ultra alpha male. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's it's very strange. It's very peculiar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But during this discussion, um, because basically the question comes up, Hey, should I make a move on my temp? Um, Timothy Hutton is asking Stephen Webber that. And Webber says, no, go for it. And at the end of the discussion, Timothy Hutton actually looks at the camera and says, what me worry? That's the slogan of Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine, <clears throat> which I think is the first indication that this film is is not really taking itself too seriously. At least not at this point.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think yeah. it takes itself seriously at all.
0: So yeah, so Chris suggests the heart on the cookie jar and it winds up being an idea that she... Um, claims came from Peter. Right. Mm -hmm. So she really is the best temp ever.
1: Best temp ever.
0: Yes. And uh, yeah, so you have the development of, uh, let's see, let's see, Laura Flynn Boyle, at one point she throws out the line, this isn't about sex, Peter, it's about work. She's, uh, her performance is really sharp and the character is interesting because it does seem like she's just super motivated and she wants to make an impression, she wants to stand out. So far, so good. I mean, the movie is really just about the inner workings of This cookie company.
1: Yeah. And she kind of, she has a picture on her desk of her husband and her child. So it's established she's married. And then she sees Peter's son on his desk, but not his wife. So she's like, oh, you know, that must be really hard to be separated for him. And he's like, oh, you gathered all that just from looking at my stuff, eh? So she's very
0: perceptive. Yes. The first act of this film, um, as as occasionally over the top as it is, it's solid. And then you can really feel the moment the movie starts to take a dive. Okay. Is that when? when It's the line. Which line? Her line. Uh, uh, Laura Flynn Boyle exits a scene with this line. She says, Peter, Peter, cookie eater, had a temp and couldn't keep her. Here's my theory on this. (laughs) I think that was originally the poster, the the movie poster tagline, and I think the director said that's really silly. How about we just have her say it, and you know, if the test audience doesn't laugh, we'll keep it in the movie. I think that's why. Oh it's my god! Because I mean, really, doesn't it sound like the tagline for the movie? It's it's so it's, on the nose. It's and, so silly. Yeah. It. it <laughs> God bless Laura Flynn Boyle for keeping a straight face with that line. It's it's so absurd. And from there on, like the movie is constantly, I mean, this is where it gets really wobbly.
1: Okay, so this is where I wasn't sure how long his assistant was gone for because I was watching ooh, Chris's hair. And it looks like she's got a wig. She's got short hair. Yeah. She's got long hair. We don't really know. So I'm assuming his assistant is only gone for, what, two weeks? Right. And she just has all sorts of crazy looks. It's,
0: you'd expect a little tagline saying like four months later. Because yeah. Yeah. The length of Flora Flynn Boyle's hair is all over the place.
1: Well, I mean, the way that it goes from super short to long, I'm like, has she been there for years? I mean.
0: Yeah. I Because I was defending it. I mean, you heard me. I was going like, oh, you know, maybe she just put her hair down. She has a lot of hair. But in the next scene, she's got short hair again. Like, uh oh, no, no. This is this is an editing I think, problem.
1: Yeah. I think they gave her a wig at some point.
0: Yeah. So. Um Peter did, did she like put on a wig and then forget to take off the prior wig? Like it's it's so much hair at one point. You're absolutely right. It's it's so crazy. Because initially she has this really cute tight hair, but after a while, I mean it's like I mean it's like Tina Turner hair. It's like it's it's all <laughs> over the place. Yeah.
1: So then Okay, so Peter's sis- assistant comes back from paternity leave and that's when she says that silly line, and she goes and apparently is gonna work for his friend in a different office right and so this is when i was like oh my gosh this was the part that the movie took a turn for me okay was when so his new assistant or his new guy same guy original guy is back and he's like oh what's happened i can't find anything yeah and (laughs) she's like well i cleaned up and i put things in the filing cabinet you should try it sometime Okay, so he's back at work working for Peter, and he goes to the paper shredder, and it's jammed.
0: And you know something's up because the camera is inside the paper shredder looking at him. you go, oh, oh uh, yeah. shredder vision.
1: Yeah, so then he goes, you don't really know what he's doing, but he goes to the wall, and there's like 15 plugs plugged in. And he's just like, uh, this one, I mean, come on. What an idiot. Yeah. So he thinks he's unplugged the paper shredder and he's like un- <laughs> jamming it and his hand just gets mangled. I mean, blood squirts up. I mean, it is terrible.
0: It's a shock of gore and it couldn't feel more out of place in a film that prior to this moment d- never indicates that anything like this is coming.
1: Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. And so then, surprise, surprise, Chris is back. Because his assistant can't—I don't know if he he's has a, a one-handed assistant. I don't know if he has a hand anymore. Don't they so. don't even—he's out of the movie now. Yeah, he's yeah. gone. Never. They might to have be. had some
0: scene where like he's in the hospital bed, and, you know, he's got like a stump, <laughs> and he's like waving at Chris with his stump. And I'm sure they're like, you know, what? this movie needs to be tighter. Let's cut this. Lose the lose yeah, the. Yeah,
1: we're not gonna have stump guy in here. So yeah, she gets she comes back, and then
0: there's the bit. Uh, this is, uh, you know not to get too ahead of it but although I mean I guess we should probably comment on this at some point I mean you and I are aware of and this is something I was aware of and we became very aware of it after the film we kind of looked into it this is a movie that was filmed allegedly filmed as a black comedy and became a thriller after the studio changed hands and suddenly a different vision for the film emerged, and the powers that be at Paramount Pictures, including Sherry Lansing, said, you know, we need to make this a different film than what we have, and there was a bunch of reshoots. You can not only tell the reshoots there because of the length of Laura Flynn Boyle's hair, but also in the tone constantly changing, and there's a scene on a cookie floor, on the the floor of, you know, like they're testing the cookies, and they're having conversations about the cookies. Gives an indication of what this film could have been, because... Because Dwight Schultz is playing one of the executives. Dwight Schultz played Mad uh, Madman Murdoch, excuse me, in the in the A team back in the day, and he's playing that he's really playing the the intense angle. Like at one point, he's screaming at uh, Timothy Hutton. Timothy Hutton goes, "Lighten up, man! We're in the cookie business." And later on, uh, after Chris gets promotion, he's like, "The molasses, man! That molasses was a killer!" Like they're really. <laughs> really playing up again the cookie noir of this movie and I'm like yes this this whole film should be like this play it completely straight make it so absurd that we're talking about a factory that you know makes you know high fructose corn syrup and starch and flour and um yeah but the film it like it, it inches towards that and it it wavers away from it it becomes it wants to be an erotic thriller and it's not it wants to be an intense corporate thriller it's not and it wants to be a horror film in some ways and it's it, it isn't it's none of those things. It's, <laughs> no, it's, ab- it's none of those things. <laughs> it's
1: absurd. <laughs> but that scene in question is when Chris um, says, You know what? These cookies need molasses. And that's what my grandmother used. And, and they're like, We can't afford molasses. And she's like, I already looked into it. Here's the research, you know. And so she's really doing her cookie research.
0: And doesn't this come about because of a bad batch that ends up at a cookie testing at a, at a oh
1: that's after that that's after this okay mm-hmm. I couldn't remember the order
0: mm-hmm. yeah so this is this is another scene that clearly came into being because of the reshoots um, the demand for this movie to be more violent or gory or sensational or whatever it's it's a crazy insane bug nut scene it's one of those things where you go into the supermarket and it's whatever in the produce section or whatever it is and there's just like a little sample lady yeah. know, promoting a product like when you go to Costco yeah I'd go to Costco or like even as a kid like I'd go to you know whatever local store and they'd be giving away like new like double fudge Oreos like oh I'd love some and yeah then, so it's a Mrs. Applebee's standee and the lady is handing handing Mr. Mrs. Applebee's cookies to the customers they went mm, that's so good and we get a get a tight close up of this lady she's biting into it and suddenly a triple a trickle of blood comes out of her mouth and this young teenager is coughing and suddenly she just spews a huge chunk of cookie and blood all over Oh my the gosh lady.
1: it's insane and this Danny
0: lady goes <laughs> and then they just randomly cut to another scene We're like wow movie
1: well not only that they have a brief okay then you know you have Faye Dunaway you know doing the walk you know she's walking down the hall like yelling at everybody like you need to do this and you need to do that and we need to fix this and you know make sure that the,
0: yeah, whatever. Let, let me give you my favorite because oh, okay. I wrote this down okay. like, like Dunaway this is why you are a goddess okay. she has a line where she goes New York is going to look for sacrificial lambs and I promise you it won't be me <laughs> love it
1: (laughs) so that happens and then this is how you know this movie is crazy it cuts to the whole company at like a team building barbecue (laughs) where they're playing tug of rope and they're eating hot dogs and there's a lake Right. And Peter's just, like, out in a little inner tube, just like, I don't have a care in the world. It's fine that our cookies are killing people. Well, even
0: before that, yeah, because even before that, it's great because they're doing a big tug-of-war match. And, like, and you know, they, they make Laura Flynn Boyle dress as alluring as possible. And, of course, she beats Peter at the tug-of-war. It's a big point of made of that. And then they're in line getting, like, some hot dogs. This is... This is this, is again, might be the indication of where this film used to be a comedy. I love this. Lin the secretary is going, oh, the rival company, they get like, like better food and we're getting like hot dogs. And Timothy Hutton says, well, we sell oatmeal and shrapnel cookies. What do you expect? <laughs> I love that line so much. I was howling like, yes, this is probably what was what this movie was at some yeah. point.
1: Oatmeal and shrapnel, shrapnel cookies. cookies. Great title, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't do we ever find out?
0: how those cookies there's no follow-up with no that. There, there is a scene where like a guy who looks like chef boyardee answers the phone is like hey peter no worries buddy I, I look like nothing N- nothing wrong it, with the
1: cookies it wasn't you know our bakery you know yeah but what there was like glass inside
0: glass uh uh who
1: knows we don't even know yeah it's just like this throwaway thing like oh okay no lawsuits like it's fine
0: like a I can imagine like a really dark intense film dealing with this sequence all by itself like like remember that movie we saw with Mark Ruffalo called Dark waters like a whole movie about like the cook like what's in the cookies yeah and this movie just like uh, next scene
1: yeah this movie is like we're not gonna deal with that we have a sexy temp who's trying to sabotage things that's right I gotta get Let's back go to back that. to yeah, her so
0: so yeah so back to the sexy temp scene and we get we get timothy hutton shirtless shorts and he's like just sitting in an inner tube floating around with a beer i mean it looks like a Budweiser ad and who <laughs> swims up to him of course is laura flynn boyle
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah are you gonna talk about that scene
0: no i feel uncomfortable talking about that scene <laughs> Me too. All right, let's just move on. So
1: <laughs> you have to watch the movie if you
0: wanna know. The inner tube scene. <laughs> no, like the movie like like again, yeah, this it's one of these things. The movie wants to be a few things. And then yeah, I don't want to get ahead of that, but yeah, this is definitely you get the sense like, okay, maybe they're thinking because Basic Instinct and The Hand That Rocks the Cradle came out the year before, they're like, We gotta like we gotta tap into that formula because those movies were monster hits. So Yeah,
1: those movies were good.
0: They're good, but they're also, like, they're pretty, I mean, especially Basic Instinct. Those are extreme films. I mean, this is, I mean, again, like, the movie barely earns its R. If anything, this movie is fighting for its R rating. It's kind of losing that battle. (laughs) I mean, we have a guy who dies of a bee sting. I think we jumped over that.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he hasn't. Has he died yet? I don't know. I don't know. But he, yeah, it's crazy. You know, Peter's driving to work, and there's a traffic jam, and oh, my gosh, his friend or colleague, they're not really friends, yeah. kind of work rivals. Yeah. He's just like dead in his car and a hornet crawls out of his mouth. Yeah, so it's Oliver some-
0: Platt exits the movie and but you know, if this movie was smart, they would have got rid of they would have got rid of Dwight Schultz and kept Oliver Platt. Any movie is always better with Oliver Platt in it.
1: Yeah, but yep. it's a very like arachnophobia type scene. Oh, yeah.
0: It's like it could be something out of like The Swarm or some, yeah, it's, movie. It's pretty gross, yeah.
1: So he's gone. he's gone, and this whole time I'm thinking, is this Chris is doing? Like, how is she doing all of this?
0: And one of the wonderful things is that you cut to a scene where Faye Dunaway is having lunch, <laughs> a power lunch, of course, with Timothy Hutton. She says. In case you haven't noticed, we're running out of executives around here. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I'm thinking if I was working at this company trying to climb the corporate ladder, I would be I would be second guessing this decision because these people are dying left and right.
0: And we see that there's a newspaper clipping where they address the thing that happened in the supermarket. I'm like, what about all the people who are dying in the company? Like like I don't know, I think they're they're kinda of missing the, you know, the, the clouds for the trees. Mm-hmm. That's not how that expression goes. They're the f- missing the forest through the trees. They're missing the crumbs for the cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so uh yeah, at one point, um yeah, again I kind of jumping ahead. Um it's established. What is it? What is the thing
1: that? Well, we don't have gets, to go scene by scene we don't, with this yeah, ridiculous. We don't scene by scene. I'm
0: trying to remember. Like, what's the incident that happens? And I should, I should. I know this movie really well. Why don't I? Why can't I think of it? It's. What's the incident uh, that gets Chris in trouble with him? Oh, I know it's the oh, whole thing of she uses
1: his account to yeah. buy something that she did, he didn't give her permission to buy
0: right and suddenly he has he has agency to fire her he's about to fire her when he realizes oh like she's going to she has as she tells him you're going to be down the hallway from me And, you know, where, you know, I've got this promotion and the camera does this great pan around him. We see like the horror on Timothy Hutton's face contrasted with her.
1: Because she gets to go to the seventh floor.
0: Seventh floor. Mm -hmm. And she has a throwaway line. I, I did want to address this earlier. She has a throwaway line where she says that she's having an affair with Faye Dunaway's character. Oh yeah, and that and nothing else comes of this. And I thought, is this one of those reshot moments? Because they're like, we saw Base against and gets established that Catherine Tremell, Sharon Stone's character, is bisexual. She's having affairs with older women. We need to like tap into that because it's it's one line where she references. We don't know if it's jokingly or oh if yeah, because
1: Peter's like, are you sleeping with?
0: I don't know So-and-so. her new boss. She's like, or no, I'm sleeping with Charlene. Yeah. yeah, and you're just like, wait, what? And, and 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 you know, like again, if the movie had done something with that, anything that would have merited that. But it, it is just, it, again, it's another total loose end. And if you're gonna put something that loaded in there, do something with it.
1: Okay, and we, I did. You know, she also eavesdropped on a phone call with Peter and his therapist. And so she...
0: Terrible therapist, by the way. It's like, hey, so is Mr. Hyde coming out to play? Like, wow.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: No bedside manner.
1: So crazy. So she knows that he struggles with paranoia and everything. And, And at one point, she's like, Peter, you're so paranoid. And he's like don't say that to me and he freaks out <laughs> so she's definitely messing with him
0: yeah yeah and i wonder like do you think at some point the shrink was like you know maybe you shouldn't work at this cookie company because you'd think a cookie company would be fun but peter like well and this maybe, is a really stressful job
1: and maybe his therapist shouldn't call his paranoia you know mr hyde when he does, it's not like he has multiple personalities.
0: Do you think that maybe Peter Shrink is gaslighting him? That maybe perhaps he was trying to just keep him as a client because no one else will see him?
1: <laughs> He's like, no, Peter, you aren't just paranoid. You have another personality. That's a pretty big thing You're to like say. You're like a
0: character in a Robert Louis Stevenson novel. It's like, <laughs> I got no other clients, but this guy works at a cookie company. Oh, my gosh, man. This guy is like. I can go to Maui now because of this guy. I love this guy.
1: (laughs) He's ruined his entire marriage. Oh, this is how he ruins his marriage though, right? He thinks that his wife is cheating on him Mm -hmm. with her boss. And so he's telling Chris that he hears her in another room with her boss and his wife. And she's like, oh, menage a trois kind of a thing. So he bursts in the room and it's a dining room and they're having dinner and like the kids are there. And that's the whole thing that I'm like, okay, first of all, he wouldn't know that it's a dining room and not a bedroom. Like that's ridiculous. Anybody who knows like basic layouts of houses would know this.
0: And if they're doing a menage a I mean, you know, you'd know there'd be like a sock on the door. You know, there'd be like some Yanni playing. I mean, you know, you you know, it wouldn't be like the same door that's like connected to the kitchen.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> like, that's so
1: silly. He's like, I wonder what's next to this Living room. I mean, come on.
0: It's a peculiar scene, and it's not even a scene. I mean, it's a monologue that Timothy Hutton has, and he's telling Laura Flynn Boyle this at a bar after work. And it's one of the many scenes where she's basically coming on to him emotionally, trying to establish his emotional affair, which never really takes hold.
1: Right. But yeah.
0: He's a nice guy, despite his Mr. Hyde complex. Yeah, he's a nice paranoid guy. Yes, very, very paranoid. So speaking of which, um, I gotta say, like, there's a line in the third act of the film, and it's delivered by one of the least interesting characters, it's really not even worth mentioning in terms of the story, but there is a line where someone says to Timothy Hutton's character, You got your hands caught in the cookie jar. I wonder, was this how I mean, did the screenwriter say I'm this cookie thriller, okay? And you're not going to believe in line I've managed to get into the screenplay. But that said, nobody in this movie ever says that's how the cookie crumbles. <gasps> missed opportunity.
1: Ooh, total missed opportunity. I mean, you have
0: to, right?
1: Yes. I mean, they say so many other ridiculous things that, why not that?
0: Not to mention they're yelling things at a just like, we got to get those chunky, chewy, yummy, gooey cookies ready by February. You're <laughs> dropping the ball, man. We got to get those cookies beta tested.
1: No, what is their big cookie
0: called? Oatmeal raisin classic. Yes. Which, by the way, movie, I mean. Boring. These cookies are depressing. I kept waiting for a scene where like Chris goes, well, how about, hear me out here, chocolate chips. We put chocolate chips in these cookies
1: and people will actually buy them. I know. I'm like, oatmeal raisin? That's so lame. We're talking
0: about like the the secret ingredient here being the lack of molasses. uh, These are these are like the Werther's originals of cookies. They really are.
1: And when they did that horror tasting, where the yeah, Yeah. it's like they were tiny little hearts or something. (laughs) Like the cookies were in the shape of hearts
0: respectfully because i i love and miss my grandparents but this is the kind of cookie your grandparents giving you oh thanks grandma yeah Yeah, like oh
1: you're like oh chocolate oh it's it's a raisin never mind you
0: take a bite out of it's like taking a bite out of like a a hardened loaf of bread it's just yeah yeah yeah
1: they did they didn't even look good they looked like a cookie that i would just make at home just
0: your cookies are amazing jules yeah
1: well no but what i'm saying is it's not like there was anything special about them and the cookies that at the t- taste testing were not the same cookies at the store they were completely different maybe it was yeah. the secret molasses ingredient and the shrapnel, <laughs> shrapnel
0: that made them good <laughs> and i love it. at one point um it, i mean it's again like this movie it, it, at times it doesn't I mean, it just doesn't take advantage of how absurd it is there's a scene where Faye Dunaway shows up in Timothy Hutton's office and it's great, Timothy Hutton's walking to his office and everyone's giving him like the the side eyes like, hmm, what's up? He goes to the office and it turns out, Faye Dunaway accuses him that she stole he stole the chewy almond recipe on his <laughs> server and sold it sold the secrets to a rival cookie company. It's like, where's the chewy almond recipe, Peter? It's great! <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, because it is established that there's somebody selling secrets. And yeah. Faye Dunaway is like, we have a mole in this company. And I'm thinking, okay.
0: One of the Keebler elves has gone rogue.
1: <laughs> well, I'm like, who's the newest person? You didn't have this problem until Chris showed up. Like, think, people. Yeah. Think.
0: Yeah. And everyone's like,
1: oh, she's so smart. Oh, she's so pretty. You know what? Well,
0: now you're you're really siding with... with- timothy Hutton's character because that's what he's going through i mean he nearly has a breakdown at his son's basketball game which is hilarious because the scene is more attorney and timothy Hutton on a stand no shots of the basketball game it's just the two of them and you hear like little squeaky shoes in well the they show
1: one shot of his son like missing a basket <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're like, poor kid.
1: wow okay yeah
0: okay kids so your motivation is you suck at basketball and action yeah
1: no, he does have have a breakdown. But think about it, all of these crazy things are happening, and he has already he's already paranoid about life and whatever. And Chris is just cool as a cucumber. I don't know.
0: And meanwhile, Peter and Charlene, played by Faye Dunaway, freaking out about the future of the the feasibility and the and the monetary value of their oatmeal raisin classic lime which is yeah. coming out.
1: So she's like, Peter, you go home and I'll call you. I'll tell you when I'm ready. It's like she puts him in time out. She's <laughs> like his mom or something.
0: Yeah. So uh let's see.
1: I don't know. The next day he gets a promotion.
0: Wow, oh, that's so ridiculous.
1: Okay, so the whole office sees him get accused of selling secrets and he gets, you know, yelled at by the president. He goes home the next day. She's like, well, it looks like it was just a big mistake. And you have Chris to thank for that. And by the way, you're now moving to the seventh floor. It's it's so insane.
0: It is because I mean, just I mean, the scene before that was the bar fight scene, right? Like Peter gets into a bar fight, which is a badly staged bar fight. And then the touch I like is it is, I mean, this is what makes the film film noir more than anything else. I mean, Peter, the unreliable protagonist who is losing his mind, he's drunk. He is in the back of the bar. It's raining hard. He's literally in the gutter. He's leading him to garbage. And his best friend is like, I don't even know who you are anymore, man. And he walks off and the camera pulls back and we see Peter just like immersed in the the murk and the wetness like this. This is film noir. This is great. It's surrounded by this cookie nonsense, but like this is this is clearly what the movie wants to be.
1: Right. And we didn't mention that he sees Chris and his best friend kind of, you know cah- at a yeah, 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 at a club. At
0: a club where they sell water for four dollars a bottle. I'm like, Wow, if, in nineteen ninety three? Yes,
1: four dollars for It's amazing. Did they even have Plastic water bottles in 1993.
0: Well, I mean, well, in this case, yeah, would would, like today would be biodegradable, but this is back then. Like we don't care. Like it's it's plastic. It's like two layers of plastic and Teflon. (laughs)
1: Teflon. (laughs) It's four dollar four (laughs) dollar mineral water. Like what water is this? So when they have the bar fight, he's like, "What what were you doing with her, man?" And he's like, "I'm just trying to get in her pants."
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like okay, but I think
1: she was working with him.
0: Is it, and it's around this time, a scene that we skipped over, because this is the scene that probably more than anything gave the movie a like a leg, all right, we'll give you an R. It's the scene where Peter goes to Laura Flynn Boyle's house.
1: This is the most random thing. I mean, you know, he's, what, trying to get information about her?
0: Yeah, because he, he just suspects that, that she and his best friend are having an affair. So he's sneaking around her place. He hears moaning, looks through the window, and it's Laura Flynn Boyle in bed by herself. Um, and you know there are ways to make this sort of scene erotic. This is not really the way.
1: Like you not you can't really. They don't show anything really. Again,
0: like this is this is this movie wants to be basic instinct, and it, it's really on the level of like a lifetime TV movie. It, yes, totally. And then a touch I love. This old man shows up like, hey,
1: you little pervert, you peeping tom, and
0: he smacks him hutting around and hutting bolts for it. And I'm wondering, like, is this Laura Flynn Boyle's dad or is this just the neighborhood pervert who's just like, hey, you're on my territory. This is my window.
1: I don't know. It's very strange because I thought, is that her dad? Is that her husband? Like, who is this guy? Or just the
0: next door neighbor, like.
1: And she looks out the window. Six (laughs)
0: o'clock, it's my time to shine.
1: (laughs) Well, she looks out the window because he's like, I got rid of that peeping Tom for you. And she just has that look like. Ooh, somebody, oh, somebody was Peter. Somebody's looking at me. Oh, well, now like, you're
0: back on Carl. <laughs> it's just so strange. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, Peter's been promoted to the seventh floor. He's now a vice president. And Faye Dunaway is like, You and Chris are going on some business trip together. Yeah. And so, the next scene, they're driving in her convertible
0: and she and by the way Laura Flynn Boyle is looking like a film noir femme fatale she's got the the head wrap she's yes. got the, glass, the 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 black sunglasses but she's wearing these very bright often red pink outfits and again it's like okay movie i i can see what you're trying to say even though it's in this absurd context but yes so it's this action sequence again another scene that just comes out of nowhere where the brakes don't work in the car they nearly crash
1: Yeah. So he's on this two lane highway. And, you know, finally, he's like, pulls off onto the side and the car stops. And he says, Oh, you have brake fluid leaking. And she's like, somebody's trying to kill us. It's like, you are Chris, you probably cut your own brake line.
0: But the but to be fair, the movie never tells us. There's no follow-up with this movie. There's no right.
1: There's no follow-up, so that's just my assumption. But yeah. I think that she's doing all of this. What I
0: assume is that the scene is in there because there is a scene in Basic Instinct where <laughs> Michael Douglas is driving around a mountain and he nearly gets hit because he's he's tailing Catherine Trammell. So I think they're like, you know what? That scene really worked for basic instinct. We really need to have a scene like that in this movie. And it's just it's nowhere near as exciting. Even though I gotta say I love the music to this film, love it. But uh, yeah, this is this is no basic instinct.
1: Yeah, and then they they end up at a hotel, and I don't know
0: more unsexy things, more, and more uh, unsuspenseful things.
1: Yeah, happen. nothing happens. Exciting, and then he takes a shower and gets a phone call from the front desk, and it's like you have to get back to the you know there's a cookie emergency.
0: <laughs> oh no, they did triple stuff instead of double fudge. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But he thinks Faye Dunaway has called. But I'm like, okay, Chris is, what, in the room right next door to you? And you don't, like... You don't
0: check. You don't...
1: Yeah. Like, this is so suspicious. I mean,
0: it's, it's suspicious that it feels like the screenwriter is making this scene happen for minus a proper motivation.
1: Exactly. Because yeah. all, all of a sudden, he just... How? What car is he driving? How did she... Yeah. It, did she... Drive her car without brakes? Did he drive? Did he that get back car?
0: into the brakeless car? I,
1: it makes no sense. Like, did somebody call a cab? Was it like have...
0: a throwaway line? Like, good thing I went and got these brake fixed. <laughs> you Yeah, know, like nothing.
1: No, like, yeah. is there AAA out
0: there? Right. I I, I yeah. don't
1: know. So he ends up. Like, and... Well, I'm just
0: gonna go really fast. I don't need to stop. So this car <laughs> doesn't have brakes. It's a
1: cookie emergency. I don't need brakes.
0: <sighs> cookie emergencies wait for no one. Yeah, so he. Shows up at the scene of the climax and is established. Things are bad. Things are going to happen because we have a slaughtered security guard who has the penknife established earlier in the film. is is, is stabbed. It's a letter the, opener. Excuse me, a letter opener into his ab- abdomen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's blood on the railway, and you in, in an interesting homage to Psycho, because Hutton enters into an office. We don't see who it is, but he gets smacked on the head, and then the light is kind of. Uh, uh, swinging back and forth. It's just like the last scene of Psycho, except in this case, it's Faye Dunaway and Laura Flynn Boyle having a catfight on a rafter.
1: Well, I mean, first it's Chris looking injured. Right. And then you see Faye Dunaway, you know, she goes to hit Peter and she does. And so it's strange because you're like, oh, is it Faye Dunaway who's like the mastermind behind all these crazy things? But then- Faye Dunaway, you know, dies and as she but right before she falls to her death she The goes, pictures look at the pictures yeah. <laughs> The pictures, pictures. <laughs> And then um so he gets put on a gurney in a in an ambulance and Chris is like walking fine so I at that moment I was like, Oh did Chris like injure herself to make herself look yeah. like she couldn't get up because so then
0: the movie yeah and then, so the movie wraps it up so it's like how many however many days weeks we don't know later he's having a nice little happy walk with his with his wife and the son that we're finally getting finally gets a few lines in
1: okay but yeah so they're back together and then Peter's made the interim president yeah. of the cookie company because everyone else is dead. <laughs>
0: this sinister cookie company
1: and then we see um he his assistant or the like faye dunaway's assistant has these frame pictures and it's chris's husband and daughter and he realizes oh she's like oh yeah that that comes with the frame dun dun she's not married
0: so although all things considered this would be the least interesting thing that she lied about like all the things to catch her for like oh okay you're just lying about your okay
1: you're actually single what about the the
0: murders no you ever Mm -hmm. murder anybody that that (laughs) might be interesting i mean ask her about the murders don't ask her about the picture frame i know it's so ridiculous commit it up I don't know, like a homicide? Ever given like ever given a guy a bee? You know, ever like put a bee in a guy's car? <laughs> you ever strangled a guy in his office like there's... Have you ever
1: tried to like make a paper shredder mangle somebody?
0: What's going on with you and Faye Dunaway? Did did anything actually happen there? Or? Yeah. Did you seduce
1: her? What's going on?
0: Do you like do you like like to do things by yourself and leave your window open and have this weird perfect guy named Carl who lives next door to you who likes to watch? Cause like that's kind of weird. Not that I would know about that. Not that I was like there watching with Carl.
1: <laughs> Do you like to put shrapnel inside cookies? Like glass?
0: Yeah. It's so crazy. So
1: then she comes in and and she's kind of like, Congratulations, Peter. She's got the
0: power hair in this scene.
1: Yeah. And then he confronts her about the
0: pictures. Yes.
1: Like, you're not really married and then the, <laughs> it's, I, again,
0: it's like all the things to accuse her for. I
1: know so then he calls the you know security guard and then the last line to the movie is you're fired yeah,
0: quick fade to black and <laughs> uh, again like I remember showing this movie to my my film students and a lot of them in that moment they were laughing hysterically and some <laughs> of them were high-fiving each other and even I was like applauding but it was great because uh, it's ridiculous because it's supposed to be this moment of a going like yeah but No. No, it's silly. It it is silly. Yeah, painfully silly.
1: Okay, so what was the alternative ending? Oh, boy. Because this... I was like, ooh, you usually come up with an alternative ending, but I thought this... Unless you have another option too. Well, let's
0: let's go over this. Yeah, this is a real whammy because um, I've always wondered what the alternate ending is. By the way, in the prior episode, I was mocking Wikipedia, and here I am like reading from the Wikipedia. Yeah, hey, yeah, thank you. It just means I'm a big giant. You mocked me. Yes, I I was mocking you, and here I am reading Wikipedia. So the (laughs) film's original ending. As filmed by the director, Tom Holland, had Peter fighting for his life against Chris inside the bakery factory. The tussle results in Peter being thrown into cookie dough before falling onto a large conveyor belt. In the struggle, Chris's hand is chopped off by a piece of machinery before the conveyor belt slides her into an oven, incinerating her. And this conclusion was proved to be, surprise, too gruesome for test audiences. Oh my gosh, I want to start a go fund me right now i want to raise a million dollars and i want to like raise the million bucks and ask like like laura flynn boyle and Timothy hudden can you just like restage the ending the original ending of the temp force because i have to
1: see why this. do we need a million dollars isn't that wasn't it already shot it's somewhere in some studio
0: like I, I don't know if it, it would, would have survived i hope so Oh, because I mean, it's but on film. I would yeah. be willing to like go through the Paramounts, you know, lot and like, you know, go through just their archives searching for the insane original ending of the temp. Because that is, that is bucknuts wild. <sighs> that
1: sounds. A fight in cookie dough and she loses her hand. Like, oh, and she man. gets incinerated. It's
0: amazing. Yeah. She And she, yeah, it's like the witch at the end of uh, a, a grim fairy tale.
1: Yeah. Hansel and Gretel. Exactly. Yeah. Ah,
0: yes. Well, I would take it further though. My ending okay. would be that. And then, you know, a week later, do a week later, you know, and Peter's the president of uh, Mrs. Applebee's. And he's on the phone with, uh, you know, he's like, no, 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 don't worry. Like, I know what happened, you know, with the the shrapnel cookies, as we laughingly call them. But don't worry, sir, that's not going to happen again. I promise you this batch of cookies that we're sending you is sublime. And they cut to the store and the cookies are being delivered. And we see that one of the cookies... Has a little teeny tiny tuft of red hair sticking out of it. <laughs> so, so, all the cookies have. It's Chris cookies.
1: Had Chris cookies.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, just go there. Go even further. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, why not?
1: It's not soiling green. No, in... no, it's it's worse. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Mrs. Applebee's.
0: <laughs> a treasure every in every bite.
1: Oh, my gosh. Disgusting.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but again, like that's an indication of how far this movie did not go. I feel like this movie wants it, it wants to be rougher, and it, it isn't. Mm-hmm. Even with even with the the reshoots and these moments of gore that come out of nowhere, like you mentioned the the paper shredder, then of course the bee death. Yeah, um, there's so many violent moments in this movie that it feels. I mean, because they're so widely spaced apart, you can't call this a slasher film.
1: No. They just kind of come out of nowhere, and you're like, yeah. "Whoa!" And wh- they go away,
0: and you're back to scenes of boardrooms about how there needs to be more molasses in the cookies. Yeah,
1: it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, I don't know what I'm. I, I would have loved the
0: subplot where it turns out that Mrs. Appleby herself is the killer.
1: Oh well, we don't ever get to meet Mrs. Appleby. I know
0: they should have had that, or the lady who is like the lady who's the model for Mrs. Appleby. Turns out, like she really believes that she is Mrs. Applebee, and she has to stop everyone in the company from ruining her cookies. Oh, she's the Jekyll and Hyde. She is, mm. and she's and she's going like, no, I'm not going to let Chris, this temp, like, put chocolate chips in my oatmeal raisin classic. No, no, you don't <laughs> do that. I'm Mrs. Applebee's. Nobody messes with the precious formula, Mrs. Applebee's. <laughs> oh,
1: this is what I was going to say. Do you think test audiences are? even a good idea because what you're going to let 50 to 75 people decide if this is a good ending or not
0: I think test audiences are a good indication of what is and isn't working I think it's never ever a good idea to go like well they don't they don't like the sad ending or well they don't really like this it, it should be an indication like okay you have a comedy and no one's laughing. Maybe think about that. You have a film in which everyone's emotionally invested in it, and then it just kind of falls off. The the exam- I won't get too too into it, but like you know, War of the Roses for example had a test screening where the audience hated the ending of that film, and Danny DeVito's like, "Bite me! I'm the director. <laughs> I I have final cuts. So bite me." 20th Century Fox, we're releasing this movie on Christmas. I know the ending is a downer too bad it's my movie released in theaters blockbuster blockbuster most people love the movie because of that ending pulp fiction and seven both had terrible test screenings because surprise surprise the test audience is like these movies are disgusting and offensive and gross and the director's like i'm tarantino i'm I'm david fincher we got final cut those movies both made well over 100 million dollars so i think test audiences. Can be very helpful to let the just let you know, like, give an indication of what the reaction might be like. But sometimes these things are ridiculous because they pull audiences from all sorts of random places. I mean, the one that I went to—were you there for this? We went and saw. I think you were. Didn't we see the Ashley Judd movie? Someone like you? Yes. This was back when it it had a different title. It was called Animal Husbandry. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. Ashley Judd, Hugh Jackman. I think it's like his first movie after X Men. Greg Kinnear was in it. It's not a bad film, but it, I mean, but at the same time, I remember like filling out the filling out the the card, the response card at the end, and thinking, you know, I hope they don't change it because this movie is fine. Like, don't yeah, don't yeah, it was fun. Yeah, and I, and I think a month or two, a couple months later, it came out, and I thought like it didn't didn't seem like they made any changes at all. They just changed the song. title. Yeah, the title because no one could remember "Animal Husbandry."
1: No, well, it's a silly title for a romantic comedy. Right, and
0: they changed it the to "Someone Like You," which is a very for, generic, yeah, but generic. it's fine. I actually preferred animal husbandry. But there you go. They <laughs> change it. They changed the title. But no, I yeah, to your point, I, I don't I don't like this process. I think it's fine because I mean look, it's it's just a chance to just get a sense of like what a group of people feel and think. You could really read the room, but I, I don't think it's ever helped, ever ever helped a movie to have people go like I don't like it it needs to be happy instead of shed and then they go and redo the ending yeah like reshoot
1: everything
0: yeah that's crazy Yeah, there's all sorts of movies that have suffered from that process I mean it, it needs to go away I mean show the movie to other directors, show it to the filmmakers' family, show it to people who even have a sense of what it is. Because that's the thing too, is sometimes these test audiences, they don't know what they're in for. And of course, if they don't if they're like, and you're gonna see the new Brad Pitt film and they show you seven of oh course my you're gosh. Hate it.
1: I would freak out if Can that
0: imagine? was me. But if you're David Fincher's family, for example, and they're like, oh yeah, this is what David's been working on for a few months, like he shows it to his siblings, shows it to like people who like have maybe read the script. I think that would be a good audience. Like, okay, like we have a sense of what this is.
1: Or, you know, if you're going to have a test audience say, we have a thriller we want to show you. Don't tell people it's a Brad Pitt film when all they know is...
0: Legends of the Fall. Yes,
1: exactly. That's what I was... (laughs) Oh, I love Brad Pitt. I was... Well, Morgan Freeman's in this. Oh, we're
0: going to love that. That's
1: what I was just thinking. Like if I had just seen Legends of the Fall, which I do... Have a very strong affection for, and then I went to C Seven. I, I mean, I nightmares. You'd be heartbroken. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like,
0: oh, like I'm never gonna like a Brad Pitt movie again. I'm never gonna sleep again. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So I, I do think it's unfair to force a genre on people when they're not ready for it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that don't want to watch horror movies or thriller movies. Like, don't put them in their, that audience.
0: But what a terrible situation, especially with the temp, where this movie apparently was finished. <laughs> the movie was finished, and the new studio heads, including the wonderful, I love, I have a lot of respect for Sherry Lansing, but apparently she and her partner said, "No, no, this this needs to be a different film because it's a different market for it," and in doing so, the film. Again, I I like this film. For me, it's a major guilty pleasure. But the film lacks an identity. It Mm -hmm. doesn't just lack a genre. It's totally all over the place. It's like three different films at one. It's almost like channel changing at some point.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've, we've seen a few movies like that that we've talked about. So... It's a fun, it's fun to talk about them because they're so insane.
0: Yeah, you know, I think this is a movie you could learn from because you look at it and for me, like the good stuff is there. I love the performances in this movie. I really like Timothy Hutton's performance. I think Faye Dunaway is spectacular in spite of how ridiculous her role is. I think Laura Flynn Boyle, more than any other film she did, I thought this was an indication that she could be a... Know, like a like a major film star. And unfortunately, it didn't happen because she was starring in movies like The Temp and not the kind of stuff that, you know, Twin Peaks was an indication of what she was capable of. And I don't feel like there was ever a proper film role for her post-Twin Peaks. And yeah, most of the people in this movie, have they've all done other things, all the be- better things. And it's almost like they survived this film as opposed to this being one of these movies that they go, Oh, yeah, I was in the temp. No, you'll never hear Steven Weber talk about this movie. And <laughs> Oliver Platt never mentions this film. Oh, yeah, the one where I died by a hornet. Yeah.
1: So, how many stars did you give it? Three. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. And I and then for me, it's like, I mean, now, I mean, I have to write an article about it too, but I think somewhere between two and a half to three stars, I enjoy this film. I always, whenever it's on, when I used to like encounter it on basic cable, even now, I mean, I enjoy watching it so much. I dig it. It's well done. But yeah, you can tell that this thing was Edward Scissorhand in the, in the editing room.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. How about you? Oh, um, I probably same because- I thought it was fun, um, but you're right. It's not dark enough, or funny enough, or anything enough. It's just kind of like oh, there's a few chuckles here and there, and then a few like, whoa, that was intense. But it doesn't, it doesn't really deliver on any level.
0: It's kind of like to use the cookie metaphor. It's kind of like when a little kid is left alone and like he goes and makes a cookie for his mom, and there's like too many ingredients in there, mm-hmm. and it, it's neither chocolate nor raisin nor rum nor anything, but it's all those things, and you have like this monstrous mess. And it's like, oh, it's a cookie, so it's fun, but it's still a mess of a cookie that you would never want.
1: Right. Yes. Good metaphor. Mm. <laughs>
0: All right, well that that's it for me. I mean I guess you could say that is how the cookie crumbles.
1: I knew you were gonna say that.
0: Been waiting, been waiting. (laughs) Like oh is it time yet? Watching the clock. Oh, say it, say it.
1: All right, that concludes our episode of The Temp.